Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello, everyone. Good to continue along with you in this travel series. As you know, if you've been listening, travel is absolutely and has been a huge part of my life. There's a big reason for that. I think that exposure to different cultures, traditions, environments absolutely helps us to stay on our toes, which means remain adaptable, which I think is imperative. And of course, if you don't have the funds to travel, because yeah, it can be expensive. Although I will say you can definitely travel on a budget and still have a brilliant time. Um, But if, you know, you're staying in place for whatever reason, I think there's even room to travel locally. And that's a huge thing that I noticed in getting to know my country of birth, Canada, as a Canadian. It's a huge, huge country. And I mean, not necessarily population wise, but certainly from a perspective of landmass. And you've got a lot of room to adventure. I still to this day can't say that I've seen oh my goodness i even more than 10 percent. i imagine i mean i've been of course to toronto montreal ottawa in between there the east coast and newfoundland and the west coast vancouver but i haven't there's a whole area in the north that i haven't explored that would i imagine be stunning um and then huge chunks from alberta which is just east of british columbia so you've got british columbia and then alberta Um, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. I mean, those interior provinces can't say I know much about them or have visited them. And so I think if you're feeling like, well, I haven't traveled much or I'd like to travel, maybe there's opportunity right around your door because I definitely overlooked Canada in the beginning of my travels thinking I've got to go somewhere far. I need to go to Thailand, Bali. I need to be in Brazil. And while those places are magical and expose you to a completely different way of life that maybe you won't see if you're just traveling through Canada, there's so much to be said for exploring your own country. So even if your country is much smaller than Canada, uh, you might have room to explore. And that's certainly what I aim to do in exploring and spending time in the great North. (laughs) So if you live in Canada or haven't been yet, I think one big thing to note is yes, winters are cold, but it's not cold all year round. Some people have this misconception that Canada is cold all the time and think that people live in igloos, um, which we like to laugh about. You know, summer is exceptionally hot at times and definitely you're not, you're not freezing all year round unless you're in, you know, maybe the top of the Northwest territories up, up, in the north then maybe you are freezing so what do i have to say about canada it's tough you know growing up somewhere and then trying to think about it as a travel destination but i'll definitely say if you're in ontario which is where toronto is and ottawa the capital um you know ottawa is one of those places that you need to visit because it's the capital you'll see the parliament there's some nice spots Uh, certainly there's Algonquin if you Algonquin is a park so if you like camping definitely available to you in Ontario if you enjoy portage or camping um, being outdoors at all it's a huge huge park provincial park and and really lovely I've done some great trips there but I would say Ottawa is maybe a day or two trip 
Toronto, if you like cities, it's great. North of Toronto, you have Muskoka. Muskoka's cottage country. So if you love uh, lake life and being at a cottage, that might be a spot for your trip. And then shockingly, something I hadn't explored much until recently, there are all these beautiful little towns that are so quaint around Ontario that I didn't have as much exposure to growing up, I guess, just kind of being in my little bubble without a car. Um, but places like Alora, which cute little town, there's an Alora Gorge, lots of little merchants and really beautiful. If you like kind of those day trip, little town vibes, Alora has that nailed down. Um, Cambridge is another city in Ontario that has done a great job. And it's, it reminds me of Europe in a lot of ways, you know, they'll have the big church and a nice, there's a nice river running through with a bridge and you have area with restaurants. So whether you're looking for these little towns in that kind of feel, you can certainly find it in Ontario. And I imagine all, all over Canada, uh, the East coast, man. Okay. So a spot that I definitely haven't explored enough, but there's so much history. Okay. It's not the same. It's not to the same degree as you would get in Europe, right? Where you go into a chapel and it's literally centuries old, um, but you'll get a fair amount of buildings here that were, you know, 1800s. And it's really cool to see there are there are differences in the ways of life if you're on the East Coast at Newfoundland, let's say Newfoundland and Labrador um, or Nova Scotia, where, you know, it's right by the ocean and huge fishing culture. The communities are small and very quaint as well. Lots of colored houses, some beautiful. Oh, um, I went with my mom, actually, and we had such a such an interesting time driving around because people are just, I think with the small town feel there, people are so friendly and you don't necessarily get that as much in a big city like Toronto um, or surrounding areas where people feel like they're busy and have lots to do. Slowing down is not always priority number one. So I would say East coast, you'll just feel the charm. It's a jovial spirit of people. Very friendly. We stayed at this super cute B&B, not Airbnb, bed and breakfast, meaning this absolutely gorgeous woman would make us breakfast every morning and just come down and she called us. She'd always say, hey, lover. <laughs> um, and so you had this fisherman spirit that was so strong and friendly, this robust kind of character, but you knew that you were in good hands if you were dealing with a fisherman in Newfoundland. Um, some stunning fjords and, and whale watching tours. So if you like the ocean, I mean, it's a bit chilly, not sure you'd get in and swim, but I've got to tell you, it's just completely different vistas from what you're going to see on the West coast of Canada and Vancouver, which, you know, absolutely notable and stunning, just a very different feeling that you get on the East coast. Everything feels not smaller, but you're kind of looking, you know, you're looking far, but you're not looking up. Like in Vancouver, you're looking all around because there are these huge, huge mountains. There's some, like I said, fjords and things in Newfoundland, but really it feels like it's just vast. It's sprawling. It's more flat, but then you have this ocean view versus more central Canada. It's sprawling and mostly flat, but you're just looking at fields for days. Kind of like if you drive through the middle of the U.S., right? There are a lot of fields, unless you're kind of in Colorado or... um. I mean, yeah, I guess Colorado and there all the way up toward Canada um, with Washington State and you've got a, a bit of movement there. But 
Um, yeah. Central Canada is a bit more of a sprawling, rolling, maybe hills, but lots of fields. Whereas in Newfoundland, you look out and you could just, you feel like the ocean is never ending almost. So definitely worth the trip. Loved having a car in Newfoundland. You'll just experience such a friendly spirit. If you like history, the outdoors, fishing, great seafood, that is the spot for you in Canada, hands down. Um, if we go west, then, so we've started in the east of Canada. Well, I suppose I've meandered around the whole thing. But if we go west we and we get into Quebec, oh, Quebec. I think you've got a beautiful European influence that, I mean, you feel throughout all of Canada, but Quebec and, and Montreal, Quebec City notably have done such a stunning job of retaining the feel of Europe in a way, and France in particular, in a way that the rest of Canada maybe hasn't. And it might have to do with design decisions. Of course, if you're downtown Montreal, you'll have big buildings just like any other metropolitan city. But Montreal, the the residential neighborhoods, you just feel like you're in Europe. The monuments, the way that, even the way of life, you know. Um, I remember working at um, a law firm, one of my first corporate gigs and working there. They had an office in Montreal and going to visit that office um, my manager, who was so brilliant, um, she switched offices to work in Montreal to learn, it will improve her French. And so we're there. And I was actually just reminded of this the other day. We went to Oshiega, which is a music festival that they run in Montreal. That's a fun time if you like music and being in a park outdoors. I had a, such a fun time. Those 10 years ago, saying that out loud just is crazy to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, you just get this, you walk up a bunch of steps, you have these homes with lot like a huge staircase kind of up to the place and houses are tightly together brick and then you just have this now which has changed I, I suppose but this huge multicultural flair so there's a big Lebanese community there you'll get lots of great food but certainly the French lives on not only in language but in culture that that company you know the way the meetings would run just the urgency was so different dealing with the lawyers that were in Montreal versus those in Toronto. Um, there was a sense of seriousness and urgency that Toronto had that Montreal kind of didn't adopt, not to the same degree. They of course take their work seriously, but was never the same feeling. So I love that bit about Quebec overall as they've retained their European spirit of really a work life balance and maybe even an emphasis on life and living socialization people sitting around in cafes exists there still which is um really nice if you want to go feel like you're in Europe but not uh not go so far if you're you know in North America so definitely worthwhile Montreal is a bit more youthful I suppose I mean you've got McGill there um not sure what what it is, but Montreal, it was always where everybody went to party. Quebec has a drinking age of 18, so that was always the draw for for everyone in Ontario. Uh, that was eight, turned 18, so 18th birthday was always to Montreal or somewhere in Quebec because Ontario's age is 19. Um, but yeah, and Quebec City really has this kind of regal feeling, especially in the old town Quebec that's where I went on a class trip when we were younger. So my memories of that are very much so educational and looking at the history of it. And so to me, it, had, it just, but cobblestone roads, you have horses doing 
horse and carriage tours, it just feels like you've been transported to a different time and what a gift to be able to go somewhere and feel, feel that so viscerally by, well, just the architecture alone, let alone learning about the history while you're there and feeling like you can imagine what it would be like to live there 150 years ago. So I love that bit. I never used to appreciate history as much as I do now. I think I, I kind of didn't, I didn't fully get the significance, you know, it just felt like museum after museum. And why do I anywhere in the world? Like why, why, who cares about another church or another art gallery? Why do I need to see this? Um, but I think when I shifted my perspective to realize that, no, the, the different periods and the type of art that was being made in those time periods gives you such a window into the thinking of the people of the time. And that I've always been fascinated with. Why do people do what they do? How do they think? And so to see how that's shifted over time through architecture and art uh, is opened up a whole new world for my understanding. I mean, I had read sort of personal accounts, you know, biographies and things of people in different time periods, but never really clicked the way that it does now. If I walk somewhere that I, I know the storied history of the place, it just will almost, you know, ooze of that era of when it was built or occupied, utilized. So yeah, I don't know if I'll turn anybody into a history buff and I'm certainly not there in terms of being a history buff, but I, I've got a new reverence for places with a storied past that, that you can drop yourself into and imagine what was the day to day of somebody living in this building or living in this place, this city, what, what were the happenings of, and you know, they've done a great job nowadays with, um, you know, those like audio walking tours. And so it feels more immersive because you're walking and someone's in your ear telling you kind of what the deal was in that place or how it was utilized or how different machinery or functions. Um, so I've, I've definitely come to appreciate it. Perhaps it comes with age, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so, so there we go. We've got lots of history. You've got to get a poutine. The French in Quebec will blow you away. It's Quebecois, its own animals. If you're coming from French speaking part of Switzerland or France, uh, good luck to you. <laughs> um, it's just a whole other, whole other can of worms. And I've heard that it's more of a rural farmer kind of accent versus the high class French or, oh, <laughs> um, but again, kind of shows Quebec's unique charm. Please don't call it, I don't know, Quebec or Quebec. I don't know how people, people say it funny, Quebec please say Quebec. Also with Toronto, I think like if you're from Toronto, you say Toronto and people that aren't say Toronto and it's just, it's not Toronto, it's Toronto. So just get it down so that you don't stick out. <laughs> Funny, the little uh, unique things that cities have. Uh, if we move West, so, you know, definitely go to Quebec if you want to be immersed in this European, French European feeling, you will just feel it instantaneously. Uh, Toronto, as I said, big city. Oh, I keep missing Ottawa. Well, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Okay. If we're going from, so Ottawa's special because um, it's kind of right by the border of Quebec and, and Ontario. And so, you know, you, you kind of, it's 
bilingual. I mean, all of Canada is, but I find that a lot of the English speaking parts of Canada kind of try to do it just ham handedly. And it's all on, on it's all the signs or traffic signs, but it's not people and people take French, but it's not revered the way that perhaps it should be if, if we're honest. I mean, in parliament it is, but day-to-day life, it's like English life as usual, which of course causes contention with the French. And they have had referendums multiple times thinking about leaving Canada, which is tough when you're landlocked because you can't really leave, um, even if you want to, uh, or at least proves to be extremely difficult. But there, there is this kind of rivalry that goes on and not just with the Habs and the Maple Leafs, which is a hockey reference. <laughs> so not just with the hockey teams, but certainly with the population. And you see, you see it even in Montreal and old Montreal, the different neighborhoods in Montreal, you'll have the English speaking areas and the French speaking. And so even in Montreal, there's a bit of a divide there. And that's an, in, another interesting kind of layer to the place. Um, but of course, if you're touristing around, you'll just be interested in all the amazing food that you can get and, um, the tourist sites, which of which there are many, there's a nice, uh, Oh, what is that art? <laughs> Leave it to me. I should write it down. There's a great art museum, like exhibit that's in Montreal. I should look that up. Maybe I'll link it. Um, I mean, there are great art exhibitions everywhere. Let's be real. You don't have to be at MoMA in New York to find great art. So I'll leave that up to your discretion, maybe depending on what art you, you like to uh, check out, but Toronto. Oh, Ottawa. Okay. As I said, Ottawa's parliament. I mean, a couple good breweries. Really, if you're into the parliament, it's for you. It's a small town. It's kind of sleepy. You've got Carleton university. So you've got some kids, you know, they're doing the university thing. Overall, the most fascinating part for me is the history that took place, why they chose Ottawa to be the parliament and the capital um, had to do with the placement on the water, amongst a few other things from Queen Victoria and her preferences. Um, but yeah, I say a day day or two, unless you're like a huge political aficionado, then maybe you need more time to check out all of that, because that's where the hub of of politics really is in uh, in Canada. So if we head to Toronto, which is where I've absolutely spent my most time, you've got the GTA, um, you know, around 8 million people across the GTA. It's on Lake Ontario. So you've got some nice lakefront access and people certainly maximize that in the summertime, lots of paddle boarding and things. Although anyone from Toronto will tell you, you probably don't want to go inside. The swimming is iffy. Some people do, um, but born and raised in Toronto, mm, I don't know. Don't trust it. <laughs> uh, so that's that. The lake looks nice, though. And definitely if you're flying into Toronto, a lot of the flights do a great job of kind of doing a bit of a tourist attraction. As you fly in, you'll fly past the CN Tower, which is a must see. It's, it used to be the highest tower in the world. It isn't yet anymore. Uh, but you know, a must see if you're downtown, the Royal Ontario museum, the ROM might be worthwhile. If you like educational institutions, that's right by the university of Toronto and Queens park, which is a little bit of a parliament. So you could have your political check mark check box checked. If you go to Queens park, which is by U of T there, the biggest thing I think about Toronto, hands down Toronto, see how I'm getting all formal Toronto. Uh, the biggest thing I can say is, I mean, food. You've definitely got art, culture, all the events you could possibly want, museums, you know, all of that's there. But Toronto is just so 
brilliant because of how multicultural it is. You can find authentic Ethiopian, Sri Lankan, Thai, Japanese, Indian, Croatian, Swiss, Canadian. Like you just find authentic cuisines from all over the world that are just world-class. So Toronto, hands down, you're amazing for food. Always have been. Please continue to be. Uh, It's certainly become more expensive. I think I've seen Toronto become a little bit more like New York. It continues to kind of become this lots of condos along the QEW, which is that main, the guard, well, QEW turns into the gardener downtown. The gardener kind of brings you right into the city if you're coming from the east or west and you know you see the cn tower but now even that view is kind of being obscured by all the condos it's really changed the just not it's not just aesthetically like oh there are lots of condos now and how that looks even if you're on a boat ooh, you can go to center island there's an island called center island it looks at toronto lots of great photos of the city but then they have um, like a little petting zoo and you can do bicycles and a few cute cafes. So it's good for like a summer day. If you want to take the ferry, be on the water and then be on an Island where you can kind of feel like you're on a park essentially, but it's an Island. So that's a fun little day trip. Um, but you know, the skyline, it just, it's changed. It looks, it looks more like any other North American town. Whereas before I feel that the, the sky dome or now it's the Rogers center or what is it called? I don't know the name changes, but it's this dome that opens up. It's for baseball. And so that is this big white dome plus the CN tower, this really tall tower. Um, it was just, it was like in snow globes and on posters. Like if you thought of Toronto, you thought of this kind of big white dome in the CN tower. And that's what the, that's what it looked like from the lake. You could just, that's, that was the downtown core principally. And now it just feels corporate or how some, somehow the character has, has changed. Um, but if you're a tourist and you've never been here before, you probably don't care about that. So lots, lots to see and do every kind of activity under the sun, must see. I mean, if you like history, you've got Fort Erie downtown and there are a bunch of different um, historical monuments. You could see the Fairmont Hotel is a pretty, pretty notable hotel that's been there for a while and has that kind of old feel, but nice. It looks, it's really well done. Union Station is the main subway, but really I think just thinking like what key stories, I mean, when you have a lifetime in a place, how do you possibly share about it in a podcast of 30 minutes? I don't know. Um, I really like Vivoli on college. There's a little Italy that you can check out. There's a Korea town that's north of that, um, that you can check out lots of good little spots there for, for food. Um, there's a cool place called monography where you can do like portraits so you do self-portraits so I don't know if you want to do like a photo shoot although you're traveling so maybe you don't need that but I kind of like the concept you just you take the photos yourself with like a clicker and then you can print you get a few of them printed and you can have all of them so people do them for brand shoots or just for fun engagement photos pet photos all kinds of different things so if you're looking to get photos done I think it's such a novel and interesting concept um, that should probably be replicated in more places, but there's the mind of an entrepreneur. I'm constantly thinking of business ideas. If you, uh, if you know anybody who needs a business idea, I have unlimited, uh, an unlimited amount just need more people to help execute on all of them. Uh, 
And that's probably another thing is at least back in the day, Toronto felt so entrepreneurial, lots of small businesses, family owned restaurants, just, and Toronto had such a cool scene, like music artists, just like smaller. It was this smaller New York that had such interesting art and this vibrant community. And that's definitely changed. You know, it feels more box store, big retailers, big condos. It's just become more commercialized, more Starbucks and McDonald's, less, you know, Jerry's hardware store on the corner. Um, We had, you know, growing up in High Park, another nice area. If you like parks, it's West End. Um, You know, you would go into a convenience store and the family would have been running it for 10, 15 years. The parents and the son or the daughter would be in there, you know, helping at the cash register. It just felt like a family affair. And that still exists for sure. It's just, I think, become harder and less viable. COVID definitely did a number on people in terms of small business. And Toronto has absolutely felt that, as has the whole world. So nothing unique there, but sad to say that the dynamic has certainly shifted um, from what I grew up with. And, and that's, well... I guess up to you to decide if that's good or bad. (laughs) And if you like those big commercial type of towns, Toronto could be for you. There's Dundas Square, which is a great spot to visit. Lots of screens. It's Toronto's version of Times Square, but definitely a smaller version. The Eaton Center is there, one of the biggest malls. Um, If you want a big mall, you've also got Square One in Mississauga. That was like the largest in Canada for a little while. I think Edmonton has overtaken it, um, if I'm not mistaken. So if we head west... And you're looking for, like I've said, rolling fields, rural views, small towns, and lots of hospitality. Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta are where it's at. You've just got, um, I've got, I well, I've never been to Manitoba or Saskatchewan, so I can't speak on them personally. But I do have a friend in Manitoba, and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, that gentleman is absolutely one of the greatest friends I've ever had or known uh without ever having met him so what a funny funny thing that's a funny story i guess i should tell it um essentially it was in the days of msn messenger you know like the days where you would add someone's username and chat with them Uh, that was how we back in our day (laughs) communicated and so i thought i was adding this other guy that i wanted to talk with but it was this random unknown to me dude in Manitoba leave it leave it to the powers of the internet and now it would probably be something of concern like oh my teenage daughter is talking to some random dude on the internet maybe not but back then it was kind of I'm sure there were still dangers of that but it was just somehow all in good fun and you know like we knew each other's lives, not banking information, but you know, we shared about the trials and tribulations of being a teenager and he's followed me along and I've followed him along his life to marriage and kids and the evolution of life. And so it's such a fascinating, that is a fascinating relationship in and of itself to say somebody that knows so much about me has never met me in person, supports me. One of the first people to buy my book, absolutely cheering me on. And I'm similarly in his corner and he's grown such a beautiful family with a wife and and two boys that are just stunning and it's like to watch somebody grow up and see who they've become at a distance and yet feel so connected and that you have this support in a friendship is uh 
man, it could make me cry. It's so rare even in person. And, and so I'm absolutely grateful for, for him and his support over the past 15 years. If you can (laughs) wrap your head around that all from a mistake on MSN messenger. So there you have it. And, um, so that's my one data point from Manitoba. And if that's worth anything, uh, it's a place filled with people that I'm certain would just have your back. And, and, uh, what I can say about the central provinces, definitely a lot of, um, alcohol and cold winters. So (laughs) it gets cold and people are drinking. So that's Manitoba, Saskatchewan and Alberta overall, Alberta in particular is just super frigid somehow. Um, I don't have much to say about Saskatchewan, so I don't want to ignore it. Um, but maybe I need a friend or two from there. So if you know someone from Saskatchewan, hook me up so I can learn a bit more and maybe I need a visit. Um, that's something that a lot of people do. There's actually, um, Oh, I should look it up too. So many names of things. There's a train that goes, but I think it's further west in Canada. Um, but it's this like stunning train where the the roof is all glass. And so you can see all the different views. I think it's a bit Western Canada, but you see rivers and mountains and all of that. I think it's the Mountaineer. I'll have to look that up. It's such a stunning looking, I've never done it, but it's such a stunning looking train. So anyway, Saskatchewan hit me up. Alberta, really cold. You've got Edmonton and Calgary. A lot of people move over there for the oil, like oil and gas business. Um, It's a very profitable province that subsidizes Quebec and other provinces that, um, you know, need help. So it's always been very profitable. I think right now they're facing a lot of regulation and challenge with, um, all of the initiatives for clean energy and, and um, I think regulations are making it a tough place to be, but it's always been a lucrative place that people would go to work extremely hard outside in, in trades, very hard work, but you could gain some good, good employment and, and money. And then a lot of them would either come back or stay, but harsh, harsh winters, um, but equally lovely people. Somehow people are just very friendly uh, I spent a little bit of time in Edmonton and thought it was just fine. That's where that big mall is. Calgary is home to the Calgary Stampede. So if you're looking for that cowboy flair, you better hit up Calgary because they've got that annual Calgary Stampede and there are lots of, you know, this farming emphasis. I would People say Alberta is the Texas of Canada and that's probably just about right, except a lot colder. So uh, if you're looking for that, and then of course, Alberta neighbors, Vancouver, and in Alberta, you've got Lake Louise, this water, I've never seen it in person. It's, it's on my list for sure. The water is turquoise. It just looks out of this world. All the photos are stunning. Um, My cousin's actually there right now, just sending me photos that look insane. So maybe I'll have to ask her to come on and share a bit about her trip and, and what that's like, but I've just heard the most beautiful things. And that rolls us into like Louise rolls us into, you know, Vancouver. And of course you've got the Rocky mountains. It's just, there's Whistler. If you like skiing, that's definitely the spot in Canada to go and ski. Uh, there are some spots in Ontario, but just don't even <laughs> don't bother if you're uh, coming from Switzerland or somewhere with a huge, huge Denver, you know, it's like, you got to hit up Vancouver and Whistler for that. So huge, huge skiing community. But also what's interesting is, 
Um, Vancouver's, you know, metropolitan town. There are a couple of uh, streets that are a bit questionable, some serious homeless problems and drug addiction issues. Although, unfortunately, now that seems to be rampant in many places, but Vancouver definitely struggles. I think it's called Gastown, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't been there in a while. That's been that's been a decade too since I was in Vancouver. Expensive real estate, lots of immigration from China. So you have a huge Chinese community that come over to Vancouver due to the proximity. Um, so storied history of Chinese immigrants and so big Chinese community and culture in Vancouver for sure. Uh, a lot of gray days, it's more temperate. So it's not as cold as what you're dealing with in Alberta or even Toronto, but gray, you know, and if that gets to you, might not be the best spot for, for living full time. However, summertime, stunning. You have Vancouver Island. Of course, you have the Pacific, like the ocean is stunning. And so you've got this grand mix of mountains right near the sea, which is just, I think, almost unparalleled. I mean, Rio in Brazil does a, you know, has a similar feeling, but I wouldn't say it's the same because the mountains don't have snow, you know, and they're kind of more, they're not as grand. Like these are mountains, just immovable, sturdy, this presence that I, awe-inspiring presence with snow-covered tops and then you can be at the ocean um it's it's a brilliant place so if you like sun sand and sea alongside mountains it might be the spot for you although the ocean is cold so uh try or test at your own risk or peril um so that's my quick tour of Canada. I hope I've done it justice. It's got a little bit of something for everyone, I think. And again, so much unexplored for me. So certainly not an expert on on it. There's more to uncover. And that train, that train is something to do. It's on my list. So maybe it could be on yours too. Train in Canada with glass roof. Okay, so it's from Vancouver to Banff. Okay, so it does go to Alberta. Um, it's glass domed. What's it called? What's it called? Oh yeah, I was right. Rocky Mountaineer. All right. Yeah. So just like apps and they tell you the history and it's just like, I've seen so many videos of it and it's just absolutely on my list. So please go for me. If you are in Banff or Vancouver, please go and do the Rocky Mountaineer and have just the most amazing time with breakfast, lunch, and afternoon wine and cheese service, and just these unobstructive photos and mountain air and ah, do it and see the mountain ranges mimicking, you know, the Swiss approach. The Swiss have a similar train idea that happens, but it's the Canadian version. So yeah, I hope I've done it justice. Of course, I haven't even touched upon the Yukon and Northwest Territories, Nunavut. I don't know enough. I know some, actually had one, a girl in high school had lived in Nunavut. Was she born in Nunavut? She had lived there for sure. Um, but that's about as close as I've ever gotten to Nunavut. And uh, Nunavut, Northwest Territories and Yukon. And I remember while I was in school, elementary school, that's when Nunavut became a province of its own. And that was a whole big ordeal to for them to have their own province because the north was just always sort of the north and um of course it's so vast that i can imagine we have all these different provinces in the south why wouldn't they have more provinces in the north based on what their priorities are i mean things change from the west to the east coast and so why wouldn't it change in the north as well right and why wouldn't of course they have different cultural 
practices and needs up there too, of course. So something I'd love to explore. Of course, Alaska's kind of tacked on there at the West part, which is a um, you know, the part of the US. So that's an interesting feature up there. Uh, and lots of researchers, from what I understand, the communities just, I think, struggle. But the indigenous communities all over Canada, were, there's such a history there that I can't even begin to fully explain, understand, relate to, because I, it's just such a big issue. There were residential schools. There was poor treatment of, of either indigenous Canadians, Aboriginal population, or even Métis, which were like mixed if they had one parent that was Indigenous, but the other parent was European or French. They were Métis, like a mix. And just so much kind of violence and this other group mentality, which, you know, you have Europeans coming into a country with an already existent culture, standards, uh, and it's it's a source of a lot of contention, and many of many of that um, population group are in reserves and struggle with a lot of alcoholism, drug abuse, and uh, not not the brightest picture always. And and a lot of leaders will speak to wanting to rectify or pay reparations or give help to. And I just I don't know that there's ever even a a dollar amount that could pay back what was done. And then um even what is being done is just limited. I think, although if you are um, indigenous in Canada, there are definitely benefits of all sorts that are tried, you know, they try to provide. Um, But it's, it's a tough lot in life. If you're grow, if you grow up in that environment in Canada and my hope is that that gets better, but um, it hasn't, it hasn't in my lifetime. I don't think not really not, enough not enough to the i think there are some token superficial things said and done but i think there could be so much more provided but hey this isn't a political rant but it is something that you would be missing if you didn't delve into and explore indigenous communities population some of the businesses they run um so I would recommend you check that out and there, there's more recognition of it all over, but you've got opportunities within Ontario and then across the whole country because they were here first and there's a huge history and they have connection to the land, the animals and have their own beautiful traditions. So um highly encourage you to add that to your trip as a layer to see not only the history of the European colonization and settlement and usually kind of peppers in some aboriginal relations or aboriginal storylines but um you know you you would do well to actually look into more of it and i i absolutely need to as well so okay not to lecture you but it is just such an important part of canada's history that i think often is a side note and look at me i mean i'm saying it at the end you know and, and i don't mean to make it a sidebar at all Maybe I've saved the best for last. So look into that because there's there's so many traditions and wisdom, I think, and uh, the culture they have, the community that they they cherish, the way that elders are respected. We would do, we, as in regular society, would do well to learn from their reverence of elders, of tradition, of um, nature, our, our harmony with nature, our relationship with nature. So much to be learned and, and gained from 
I think respecting and understanding better the people of the land, which is a, a bunch of different cultures. So that's that. Canada's very cool. Definitely cool as a tourist, tough in the winters. So if you move here, be ready to tough that out and deal with snow. But um absolutely privileged to have grown up here and it's changed a lot. But um I feel the people of Canada are bar none, some of the most polite, kind, helpful people I've ever met. So you'd be lucky to visit. We hope you do. And I'll see you in the next episode where we head to Europe. I think we're going to have some fun in some European countries next. So until then, take good care. And I hope to see you in another episode very soon. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. It really helps the show when you like, review, subscribe, or donate to support the effort to continue producing amazing episodes just like this one. I look forward to seeing you again in another episode very soon, and take good care until then.